Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasts. The files are located on the second floor, at the end of a long hallway. The fluorescent lights above flicker on and off. Open the door on the right. In the bottom drawer of a file cabinet, there it is, a folder labeled with three words that are poured onto stories. Stories of history, stories of people, stories of death. I'm Luke Poling, and this is Famous Last Words. Isidore Duncan considered dance a sacred art. In fact, she described the body of a dancer as, quote, simply the luminous manifestation of the soul. She focused on steps far outside traditional ballet moves, even including simple things like skipping. And yet, for all of the beauty of her art, the life of Isidore Duncan was not a happy one. In fact, in some ways, she saved all of her beauty and grace for the stage, keeping nothing back for herself. Isidore Duncan was born in the United States and started dancing as a teenager. Born in San Francisco and growing up in Oakland, Duncan left the West Coast and headed to New York at age 19. However, she was disillusioned. She detested the hierarchy in traditional dance and wanted to do something with less rules. Moving to London in 1898, Duncan began performing for small gatherings of wealthy patrons in their drawing rooms. She cited things like the Greek vases she saw at the British Museum as her inspiration. By 1900, she had moved to Paris, finding both loads of inspiration and a growing audience. Critics didn't always get what she was doing, but audiences loved it. She became known for her unique movement and style and served as inspiration to numerous artists, including folks like Rodin and Arnold Ronenbeck. She also inspired occultist Aleister Crowley who met her at a party and based the character Lavinia King in his novel Moonchild on Duncan. Mighty Charlotte, mighty Leah, more delicious than a dove, with your hair aflame with roses and your lips a light love. Shall I see? Shall I While her popularity grew, Duncan felt that the next step in her career would be opening a school, since she was already tired of a schedule consisting of almost constant traveling and performing. She opened her first dance school in 1904 in Berlin. It was there that Duncan found her acolytes, dubbed Isadorables, who would help her open schools around the world. Duncan would later adopt all six girls, who would then take her last name. However, while professional successes were being achieved, Duncan found her personal life to be incredibly horrific. Her first two children were born in 1906 and 1910. Both had different fathers and, unfortunately, both died in 1913 when the car they were riding in went into the Seine River along with their nanny. 
Duncan spent several months on the Greek island of Corfu, trying to overcome the tragedy. In her autobiography, Duncan also claimed she begged Italian sculptor Romano Romanelli to sleep with her so she could have another child. That third child was born in August 1914, but he also died shortly after birth. For the rest of her life, Duncan found herself overcome with grief for her children. She started drinking heavily, her popularity decreased, and she ended up breaking off contact with the Isadorables after she felt they betrayed her to various producers and scam artists out to make a quick buck. By the mid-1920s, Duncan was living in hotels and running up enormous bills. She ended up having to rely on friends to rent apartments for her. Many encouraged her to write an autobiography, thinking it would re-establish her as an icon of the dance world and help her get back on her feet, but it ended up never being published in her lifetime. One of her closest friends at the time was Mary Desty, who owned a cosmetics firm and often joined Duncan as she traveled around Europe. Sometimes in tow was Destry's son, Preston Sturges, who had been adopted by his third stepfather at age five, taking his last name. Sturges would help Duncan in staging her performances in Paris, and by the 1940s, he was one of the best-known writers and directors in filmmaking, winning the first Oscar for Best Original Screenplay and cementing his legacy with the movies The Lady Eve and Sullivan's Travels. On September 24, 1927, Duncan was visiting with her friend Mary in Nice, France. The two were joined by Preston. The weather was getting cold out, and Destry urged Duncan to wear a cape so she wouldn't catch a cold in the open-top car she was being driven around in. For a moment, maybe everything was right in Isidore Duncan's world. Maybe riding around in Nice in an open-top car with a handsome driver behind the wheel, wearing a fashionable scarf made by her dear friend, Duncan was able to capture a little bit of magic, glamour, and maybe even happiness in her life. She waved goodbye to Marion Preston as the car took off. In a split second, the long scarf was caught up in the axle of one of the rear tires. As the car gained speed, Duncan was pulled from the car and flung onto the pavement, killing her instantly. Some reports claimed that she'd even been decapitated by the ever-tightening scarf. At this point in her life, surviving on a day-to-day -day basis being in and of itself an impressive victory, after years of personal tragedy, perhaps it was an optimistic Isadora Duncan who turned to her friend as her car pulled away, crying out, Farewell, my friends. I'm off to glory. Famous Last Words is a production of the Professional Production Company. It is written and narrated by Luke Poling. That's me. It is produced by Heidi Hedquist and myself. Our assistant producer is Sabrina Thompson. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook under Famous Last Words Pod. And on our website, you can find full transcripts, credits, and much more. FamousLastWordsPod.com Network. The light shines brightest on our indie podcasts.
Welcome to Creepy Tapas, where we do the opposite of deep dives and bring you tiny tastes of terror connected by a common ingredient. True stories to haunt and chill you and the pop culture they inspired. Or at least the movies and books that remind us of them. Join us as we descend into darkness. Beginning with the lighter side of our weekly topic. And wrapping with a full dark, no stars account of terror, madness, murder, and more. It's Creepy Tapas, y'all. <laughs> 